This program is intended for mature audiences only. Altitude adjustment may contain language, images, or other content that some may find offensive. Your discretion is advised. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. Good afternoon, I'm Leon Davis. It is 2 p.m. Saturday, April the 23rd. And our guest today is Lucia Vasquez. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. So we were talking before the show started um, and today is my birthday and um, I, I didn't mention it before, but today is my birthday and um, I had a unique surprise this particular birthday. So um, normally on birthday, I get a lot of Facebook posts, but I got, you know, since I've been on growing numbers of social media sites, I got birthday wishes via text, via Facebook, via um, Marco Polo, via all kinds of ways it was coming at me. So I want to thank everybody for all of the birthday wishes. It is truly a pleasure and it has truly made my day. So thank you, everybody. Uh, Leonard is not going to be with us today. He's got some medical issues and that's okay. We will find a way to push on without him because uh, I've got a ton of questions for Ms. Vasquez. Um, so... <laughs> So did you want to start, Warren? No, no, go ahead. I, I'm just uh, kind of laying in the cut right here. But oh, you okay. started off. Very good. <laughs> so, so for those of you that are looking at our, our my new setup, our new setup here, uh, I'm really excited about this. Uh, if you have an opportunity to send me some feedback about what you think of the new set, I would love to hear that. Uh, make sure you uh, take an opportunity to talk about the show and let me know what you think of the show so that we make sure that we're giving you the information uh, and things that you are looking for. So Ms. Vasquez, tell me a little bit about what you do. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I am a, I'm a certified uh, sexologist. I am an authentic Tantra practitioner. Um, I'm also certified in therapeutic art life coaching. And I do, um, some uh, somatic uh, healing uh, bodywork sessions. Um, and so I offer coaching for individuals um, and couples um, who are looking to restore uh, pleasure and sexual energy, uh, to heal and release trauma, to restore their nervous system regulation, um, and basically to balance their whole body. Um, so that meaning the mind, body, the spirit and sex or pleasure. Um, I do have some specialties. So I um, specialize in uh, those uh, with uh, sex who has experienced sexual abuse, um, those who are looking to explore their sexuality. Um, and others perhaps with um, any kind of disability. So whether that be mental, physical or emotional um, disabilities. Um, and in all, it just means that I promote um, sexual education, um, helping others to restore their pleasure and their sensation in their bodies and promoting uh, focus and awareness in the body. So um, one of the things that 
that I kick around in my head is uh, sexual health. What 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 is good sexual health? Or is that a good question? Um, yeah. Is I'm sorry. Is that a is that okay. a, a really good question? Or do I need to be more specific? I think it yeah, it would help to be a little bit more specific because in 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 general, there's a lot of things that you can do to be sexually healthy. Um, you know, and and uh, one of the things that I like to share is um, and and this all goes with. Uh, sexual health is what we call um, blocks to bliss. And what this means is that there's a, um, there's a lack of education. Um, and this is all regarding sexual health. So there's a lack of education, a lack of awareness, and a lack of sensation. And um, with lack of education, uh, this includes uh, sexual anatomy, right? Um, which is a huge one. Um, it was a huge one for myself. Um, I definitely, prior to all of my education, I was not aware of a, a lot of things that you would think um, we should be aware of when we come to, when it comes to sexual health. And um, there is a lot of information that um, I am so glad that I got to become uh, aware of about and educated about because it is definitely a must need um, and um, can help you in many ways personally for yourself and also with your partner as a whole. Um, and so that's a huge piece of it. Um, you know, um, and when I say lack of education and, 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 and it's things like um, not knowing that, for example, it takes 20 minutes, minimum of 20 minutes for um, vulva owners to become fully engorged. And that was one of the things that I was not aware about. And then it makes a lot more sense as to why there was some concerns or issues that I was having in my own personal life. Um, lack of awareness, which is about the inability to stay focused with yourself or with your partner um, is, is something that is very helpful for, you know, many of us. And it would be, you know, very beneficial um, because it, that's one of the things that is real, that comes up, right? Um, when either you're dealing with things with your own sexuality um, and, or with your, with your partner. So we're always so busy, you know, we, we, we're working, we're going to school, we're, we're trying to take care of our families, you know, we have lots of things that, that keep us busy. And so being able to stay focused and connected through uh, meditation, for example, which is one of the things we work on um, during uh, authentic Tantra practices. And so using that as a tool um, to learn how to stay focused and aware um, is really good for those to learn about. Um, and then the, the lack of sensation um, is due to uh, storing emotions that could be in our genital areas from trauma. And um, 
that's something that has definitely helped me a lot in my own experience, my own journey. I am um, a survivor of sexual abuse. And I was, at the time, I was not aware of all these things that were going on that could affect me down the road when it came to things uh, regarding sexual health. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, this was a huge um, part that helped me to get rid of these uh, emotions that were stored um, inside of my body. And you're talking years later because my abuse took place when I was very, uh, when I was 12 years of age and I didn't come out until I was about 17. And then I went through many years of, you know, uh, regular talk therapy. I did dyadic therapy, family therapy. And um, I entered my first uh, marriage and I had three children in that marriage. And um, even though I had been through a lot of uh, talk therapy and I received a lot of really, really good um, uh, uh, tools, coping skills, um, that was very helpful. Um, there were still things that kept resurfacing for me and it always, there were concerns within the, uh, intimacy issues. I was not able to pretty much never have an orgasm with my partner at that time. Um, you know, I, I could self-pleasure and be able to have an orgasm, but I couldn't do it in sexual union. And I didn't know that it was tied into um, that there was some numbness, a lot of numbness going on in my genitals because of the trauma that I had experienced. Hmm. You know, and so I definitely um, promote, you know, the, the, the use of this particular modality in helping to heal those who have had um, any kind of experience in sexual trauma. Okay. Uh, Warren, did you want to? You- yeah. So was your uh, sexual trauma more physical or mental or both? Um, it was more physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now this going back to the beginning when you mentioned the 20 minutes with the vulva, uh, is that basically why you have to have a certain amount of what they call foreplay? Yeah, there's, you know, definitely a lot of options there that you could, you know, do, whether it's foreplay using your hands, right, your mouth, oral uh, toys, um, you know, um, there, I didn't, I was not aware of in, in, in pretty much like the last, um, like when I was in my 20s, I'm 40 now. And so when I was in my 20s, you know, I was not aware of these, you know, these things. I even had babies, my, my kids. And, um, even after giving birth, I was not aware of, um, the care that needs to be taken, that should be taken care of, um, that you can do, uh, regarding your pelvic floor and strengthening the muscles, um, after a pregnancy. And so there was a lot of, um, and I went to my regular doctor's appointments and things like that, but, I believe that, that, that the sexual part of it, portion of it was a huge um, disconnect that I was not being educated about or I did not seek 
out that information simply because I didn't know that there was anything there that existed in regards to that aspect. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I think it's very um, important, um, you know, for, for us to learn this and even for, you know, males um, to learn about the anatomy uh, because there could be a lot that you are missing out and maybe you don't know or maybe there's other people who can give you, uh, you know, helpful tips of things that may be of concern to you. Um, and so, yeah. So, okay. So good. It seems like there, there, there's a lack of education is, is the problem. So how do we address that? Should there be more things in this, of this nature taught in schools? And if so, what age and if what are the alternatives if we don't do it in school who's going to do it yeah that's a great question thank you yeah i i believe you know my and this is my opinion um is that it, it should definitely be something taught in, in in the schools um i know that there is some kind of sex education that is taught around fifth and sixth grade um currently and um I asked my children, you know, what kind of education did they receive? Mm -hmm. um, some went to, most of my children went to the private school and then one went to um, a charter public. And so I, I did ask um, what kind of um, uh, education was talked or discussed around that. And um, there was just maybe, um, there was basic information given and it was of um separated at least in the in the private schools it was separated as to you know boys and girls um separated and i i think that um both should be aware of the others um you know internal organs and how that all works um but you know it, it's 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 a huge topic um there's a lot a lot of concerns around it a lot of um taboos there's a lot of um people parents not knowing how to address uh self-pleasure right in kids and what we is something that it's not discussed it's something that's you know um even shamed right i i i come from a um my culture is uh or my my family is from uh mexico right and so um there were a lot of things that happened and took place um, that were, I was not given a whole lot of options, but touching of the genitals was one of them where, you know, you're a small child and, you know, you're curious and you're touching um, perhaps in the genital areas and then you're getting slapped on the hand, right? Um, don't touch yourself there, but what we have to understand is that our bodies are literally wired for pleasure. There are, you know, nerves and, and pathways that are in our bodies that literally innervate um, our sexual organs. And that's what's, you know, giving us all this pleasure. And so um, it's a very natural thing, uh, you know, to be able to touch yourself. And it's something that is, is done at a very young age that we just naturally do on our own. 
you know, and even though I was slapped on my hand, if I touched my genitals in, 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 in front of my parents, you know, there was still my alone time. And I knew that was still my go-to, you know, um, and it's, was something that was just naturally there. You know, I may not have known why it feels good in those areas, you know, but I, it, it didn't matter, right? It, it, it's just, you, you go to it because that's what's feeling good to you. And it's kind of like having your favorite blanket, right? When, or <laughs> your favorite toy, right? When you're, you're scolded for something, I'm gonna go and, you know, mm -hmm. get, do something that's gonna make me feel better, mm -hmm. right? And so it's something that um, is not talked about a lot. And I believe that it, it really should be talked about. There is um, a great resource, um, called um, positive, wait, it's called uh, sex positive families. So you can simply Google it and they have a wonderful, wonderful, um, many classes, many resources. They do a lot of live talks and they have a list of books um, that you can get as a resource for parents. Um, and it's also broken down to age group. So what to expect and how to support your child as they're growing and developing uh, sexually. Mm -hmm. And so I really um, like to use that and, and uh, recommend that as a resource for people looking to, for some kind of assistance and help in that. And then there are educators like myself um, who, you know, uh, who have opportunities to discuss topics like this. Um, and this has definitely been brought up a lot around um, in my community, um, especially with my kids. Um, and, and this is a huge topic is, is um, it, it's so very much needed and important right now, um, especially with the um, topic of uh, identities and sexual identities um, coming out a lot more. You know, it, this topic is really huge and it, and it was something that was more on the hush hush and it has been on the hush hush. Mm -hmm. But over the last couple years, we've been starting to see it kind of surface. And, mm -hmm. you know, within my um, community, I've um, come across a lot of um, children who are wanting to know more. And they're not given this kind of, you know, help and assistance in the schools. And so where do they go, right? And so I hope to see a lot more going on with the educational system and sexuality in general. So um, my, well, I got a long list now, you see me writing, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, so you had talked about, you know, teaching it in the schools. And so my original question, um, kind of hinged on the idea that, uh, do we have a healthy appreciation for sex in, in the, the human condition as a society? And I think you kind of answered that, that, you know, we don't, there's a lot of things that we don't teach. There's a lot of things mm -hmm. that we, information that we feel or that we kind of shy away from sharing because of maybe not knowing when is the right time 
to introduce children to certain concepts and ideas. So, so how do you determine um, what to expose certain age groups to? Because you can't expose all age, all age groups to one set uh, group of information. You have to be able to understand what they can uh, consume and process and what they can't. So, so how do you did, how do, how should we then determine how we present that information and when? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, um, you know, in my opinion, I, I believe it should be taught prior to, um, at least specifically for, uh, girls or, uh, vulva owners, um, prior to them having, you know, their menstrual cycle uh, because it's important to know before you go into that uh, period, especially because there's so much changes in the, in the body and a lot of hormones that are going on. And, and that's also a particular age, which is roughly between anywhere from 11 to 13. It can be younger, but you know, if you look at the general, it's usually between 11 and, and 13 that most will go through their menstrual. Um, and, um, so I think it's really important to get the information out, um, you know, as soon as, as possible or, and also at home in general, at home, as things come up and arise. So if you see, instead of, you know, if you see that your child is, uh, starting to be curious and they're taking their bodies, you know, would probably be a good time to bring it up, um, as opposed to getting in trouble, you know, and, 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 um, because it shouldn't be something that we should be shamed about. Right. So, and, and instead of, um, getting, you know, your hands banked or your, you know, don't do that. You freak out your, their touch, maybe they touch themselves in, in when there's family over and you're freaking out, you know, you can just simply pull them aside and, and say, well, you know, we're going to talk about this later, you know, and, and then that would be a good opportunity to talk about, okay, letting them know how they can, set boundaries, you know, uh, when's a good time, right? When to make sure that they have their own space and their own time um, to address, to, to do what they want to do um, and keep an open mind and see if they have any questions. What are they curious about? So, so you know? me, I, I wanna, so that we don't go too far past, past my question. Sure. <laughs> um, parents who may want to be more proactive in um, in their child's sexual development can be hindered by how we address behavior, sexual behavior in our society. So that um, if my child is experiencing something in a public place and, and I want to be positive and, and be proactive in helping my child address that. Someone hears the conversation. Um, we know that people have differing beliefs about teaching certain things. So they can, at that point, they either interpret the situation that this parent is physically or emotionally or you know mentally abusing this child, and then they want to get other agencies involved. So the concern is, is how do parents 
you know, um, making sure that they are addressing those issues in a way that it doesn't create problems for them uh, going forward. Does, does that make sense? Yeah, I'm understanding that I, I can see if, you know, if you're in the public and, you know, perhaps your child has touched himself in a private area and then somebody else saw, you know, I think that it would be, um, it's something that you don't, you know, you're not talking in a very loud voice to where everybody's hearing you, sure. but you kind of, you know, just pull the, 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 the child aside, you know, away from wherever they were from there, a lot of people, and you just say, hey, you know, this is something that you, you do in private and not in public, and mm -hmm. we can address this issue when we get home. You know, and, and you, you just keep it, you know, safe and basic and let them know, reassure them that you're not in trouble. You know, it, it's just that this is something that is done um, on a private time and we're in public right now. So, you know, we can, I can address your concerns and your questions and your curiosities when we get home, that type of thing, I'm you know, so not making sure you're like your tone of voice is not at um, like any anger or anything like that. Just using a positive reinforcement, positive voice, you know, when speaking to your, to your child and then just stepping aside away from the crowd so that there's not concerns of people. And I totally get it. I, I have six kids and, uh, um, and so I have a large family and um, definitely trying to keep, a, you know, when they were smaller, it was difficult going to the stores and whatnot. But I definitely um, I understand that, you know, there's always people who um, are concerned and that is great, you know, and, and I have never gotten to a situation like that where somebody, you know, uh, questioned um, something in a situation like that. Um, but that would be the best way that I would address it if that, you know, did happen to me. Do you have something to warn? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's different um, different uh, views on what's acceptable and what's not acceptable as far as sexual behavior. But I would have to say one of the biggest factors as far as in that area, as far as what's, what we sh what's allowed and what's good and bad would be religion. What's your views on that? On religion? Yeah. Being an influence on sexual behavior or what's, what's acceptable and not. You know, um, I myself also went to um, a Catholic private school, you know, and um there really wasn't, in my experience, there really wasn't any talk of anything related to sexuality and, and or discussion of what even the Bible had even stated about it, other than you don't really do it unless you're married, <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, that's what we, you know, the whole, this whole sex happens when you're, when you are entering into a long-term relationship and you're going to marry, that's when you have sexual intercourse. You know, um, and so, of course, that's not <laughs> what happens here. Um, but um, it's really it really wasn't something that was talked about. I um, for when they went over the um, the sex education or what they called was sex education, it was very extremely basic. So it was there was no. 
um, not even, you didn't even get to see what a condom looked like. Um, you know, there wasn't, it was very, and this was, I went to school, right, many years ago. So it could have, it, it, I believe it has changed somewhat, um, you know, um, compared to right now when I had recently asked my other daughters of what their experience was um, with regarding, you know, the um, sex education. Um, and, and pretty much that was the only time anything like that was even discussed. It, it, it coming from um, the Catholic background, it just, it wasn't something of a topic you, you discussed in, in not even, in, you know, where your family members are around. It just, it was not discussed. Um, I don't really have too much information about that. Again, I'm going off of my personal experience, but I do know that there are others, there are particular religions that um, have rules and regulations around it. Um, you know, so um, I am very much open uh, with sexuality and I believe it's something that should be um, taught across the board. So um, my religion has not gotten in the way of that. Um, and how I, how I address it with my kids is that, and again, this is my personal opinion, is that the Bible is like a guide. You know, it, it, it's, there are a variety of religions that have stemmed from it. And it's however you choose to interpret it. It doesn't give you the nooks and crannies of everything you're supposed to do in life because everybody has their own lives to live. And that's for your own journey and for your own personal growth. Oh, and sure, so, I understand that. Yeah, but you never heard so, the scriptures? People quote scriptures about, oh, um, you shouldn't masturbate, it's a sin, or, uh, and, you know, you shouldn't be homosexual. You never heard any of that brought up uh, from the Bible? Me personally, no. It was not something that was really discussed. Um, or maybe it was discussed and I just was not paying attention, <laughs> you know, but I didn't really hear of, of, it just was a hush, hush topic, you know? And so it, I don't remember them even discussing about it, um, or even, you know, uh, um, bi and lesbian and all these things. It, it was not discussed. It was just really, really kept quiet. You know, you just don't. You knew you just you it wasn't something that it was accepted, but they just didn't really they didn't even acknowledge it. Right. And so now and that's what I'm saying now that there is a light shining more in those areas in that topic. It's coming out a lot, lot more, you know, and there are a lot of um, young ones that are even calling themselves saying that they are pan or they are bi or they think they're this or they're that but they're not given the right information. They're hearing this from all over, whether it be, you know, on social media or through their friends. And, you know, so they're hearing it a lot more. They're being exposed to it a lot more, but we're not keeping up with that by, you know, we're, we're not, they're not implementing these um, topics into the educational system. So, you know, we need to get caught up with that. Um, Sure. So, yeah. So um, one of the things that you mentioned earlier was uh, when we talked about 
uh, you talked about um, um, foreplay. Um, so, so do you find uh, that more education is required by one group than another, such as men need more um, education on foreplay or, you know, cause, cause women are as much about creating the environment that foreplay is good as, as the men are. So, so who does one group stand out needing more encouragement or education on incorporating foreplay into their um, sexual endeavors? That's a great question. Yeah, um, I for, I think it's 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 good for both parties because, you know, if one is getting um, the education, um, then you still kind of have to educate the other because the other is not going to know um, how to properly communicate. You know, each 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 party has their own desires, right? And it's really important to have really good communication between the both when it comes to sexual desire, sexual union, um, so that you guys are on the same page, right? This is a together thing, right? And so you want to make it um, important for e each other. Um, and so it's really important for not only for um, like individuals to take upon and, and really investigate themselves, um, but also then together as one another. So usually what happens in, in one of, um, when I'm working with individuals or couples is I like to work with them individually. And then we start integrating couples uh, sessions because every person has their own path and every person has experienced their own traumas and they have experienced their own blockages. And so, you know, it's really important to get to the root cause um, individually and then you start interconnecting together so i'm guessing that most people think because they've had uh well so for men it's a lot easier to have an orgasm and for women um if the man is not as participatory as necessary to help her reach that orgasm i mean they they do they both help each other but um without having anything else to go on, you know, how, how does a couple know that they're not achieving the maximum benefit from their sex? Because everybody thinks once it's ended, you know, he's breathing heavily, she's breathing heavily, and it must be great. You know, how do you know that there's something more to get out of that? Um, well, from what I've seen is um, usually it, Usually there's a disconnection in the, the communication for one. So a lot of times with uh, partners, one of them or both of them don't want to tell the other that there is any kind of um, concern there for one, you know, and so um, it communication does become one of um, the subjects to work on and feeling comfortable. How do I address my partner that I would like to, and maybe, 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 the sex is good, like you said, that huffing and puffing is going on. But if the, and then that may be the case, but now what if I want to take it to another level? 
you know, maybe I want to try some toys, for example, but I may not necessarily want to communicate that with my partner, you know, um, and for a number of reasons. And so uh, a lot of things when I see, when I work with couples is the communication is uh, something they would like to work on regarding, you know, so sexual communication, because it can be tough sometimes, right? There's a lot of um, uh, things that go into our minds when we would like to communicate with our partner, either maybe we are not or having an orgasm. And so, and this happened in my own experience where a lot actually when I was with my first marriage is that's exactly what I had to do. So there would be huffing and puffing, but it, I was doing it on purpose, to be honest with you, because, you know, in, in my culture, me being a woman, I didn't really have a whole lot of options. You know, I was with somebody who was not born in this country, and there was a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, how do you say, a, a lot of shame around um, uh, women in general, where, you know, I felt as though I had to be there to um, give pleasure solely to my husband, mm -hmm. right? And that, or that's what I'm there for. Mm -hmm. And so I don't have a choice, right? I have to do this when he wants it. And that's pretty much it, you know? And so um, there was some fear there, right? Because I'm not going to want to tell my partner, okay, you know, I'm not... Um, being able to have my full pleasure potential, um, that was something I definitely did not communicate. And so um, I did have to fake a lot of times, even the orgasm, right? right. <laughs> Just to make sure that they were, you know, they could um, Reach make sure and reassure that, that mm -hmm. I was getting pleased, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And then the moment they step into the shower, it's like, okay, I'm going to self-pleasure myself <laughs> because no, I did not finish. Right. So right. <laughs> that's what it ended up, it ended up being. Um, and, and, um, you know, I just now years down the road, I'm now learning about all these things and I'm like, oh, hello. You know, that's makes so much sense, you know, and, and, um, and I'm so sure I'm not the only one who, you know, who has been in a position of some kind where it could have been, you know, in their culture where, um, you know, being a woman is, has been a lot more tougher than being the male. And so um, there can be a lot of, um, you know, pullback from wanting to communicate with your partner if that's the case. Yeah. Um, you know, so definitely um, learning about you know, the principles of communication when it comes to sexuality um, has been really great for uh, the couples that I have worked with. So, you know, uh, I kind of read a lot of uh, facts and stuff. And um, so more women ha than men have faked orgasms or feigned pleasure. And um, we have a difficult time just in our society in general, just having a, a conversation about politics or a conversation about, um, you know, what is what is acceptable in public. So there was this big blow up over the uh, I think it was the Grammys um, with, you know, what is what is uh, acceptable as far as dress 
you know, on the red carpet, you know, dresses are almost see-through. So we, we are having a difficult time just having general conversations. Um, what is the likelihood that we're going to be able to have a, a good conversation around sex, which has so many taboos attached to it? Um, so, so how do you get those people who, first off, if they come to you, that means they already see that there's a problem, or at least one of them sees that there is a problem and that, that, that some help is needed. Um, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, um, so sometimes it's not even a problem that they're, they're trying to address. Sometimes it's something has happened. They had some kind of an experience where now they want to explore their own sexuality in a safe, non-judgmental way. And they come then because they want to get down, you know, to the root of what that's going to look like for them. Mm -hmm. So they want to learn about these practices that is going to help them figure out what their pleasure is. You know, um, and so I get that kind too. Um, and it's, it's, it's definitely very beautiful. I, I really enjoy encouraging those, you know, to seek the help if, 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 if they, you know, they need it and they want it because, um, because our, so our society is so very enclosed, right? Um, if they can't even, you know, like how you said, we can't even, we're having a hard time addressing this issue of clothing, you know, how are we going to talk about sex in general? Um, you know, and, and so, um, that's why I'm, I'm very, very thankful to have found the Institute where I attended because we are, uh, the, every single year there's more graduates and all of us, you know, um, we participate in events, you know, so, uh, workshops, right? Um, there's retreats. There's actually a retreat coming up um, that I'm participating in uh, June 10th. And it's a four-day uh, retreat online. And um, a good colleague of mine, Sunshine uh, Ryan, um, has started doing that um, twice out of every year. And so it's a really good opportunity when you come across things like workshops, classes, lives that are talking about uh, sex related um, topics uh, to definitely join uh, because then you're going to be in an environment around others who are also wanting to do the same thing and get more information. Um, and um, and it's and we're always very, very open. You know, there's definitely um uh this feeling of being safe and knowing that you can speak pretty much what you want to speak and there's not a dumb or a silly question mm -hmm. you know um and that's kind of how i i want people to feel you know that that here are some resources you know for you um and if i don't know what if I cannot help you, I will, you know, get that information to you to where somebody else can help you. Um, and so I, I, you know, I try to keep a very open communication um, and basically trying to get the information out for people. You know, I'm basically like the messenger here, you know, where I'm trying to get out to the to the world, you know, that we should definitely be more acceptance, be more accepting of 
um, the topic of sex in general, uh, because it's so much very needed and it's what we are rooted to do, right? This is our whole life, right? And <laughs> it's our birthright <laughs> to feel pleasure and it's all pleasures, right? So it's not just sex, sexual pleasure, but it's sensual pleasure, emotional pleasure, physical pleasure, you know, and a lot of times we don't know and, or we're not aware of all these pleasures that exist, you know, and, and so um, definitely trying to spread the, the, the message out there. Warren? Yeah, okay. It's, it, you know, it sounds like you're doing a good practice. I was just curious about your clients. Uh, do they have insurance uh, that, that pays for their services, your services, or are, are most of them paying out of pocket? Um, so I accept those who um, have like their out of network um, insurance. So a lot of times they, they offer out of network insurance um, and you can use that. Um, or I do offer, so say like if it's a workshop they have attended, a live they have attended, you mm -hmm. can get a discount um, for attending those. If you attend the retreat, so anybody that attends a retreat in um, on June 10th, they would also be given a discount for working one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and I usually have flexible um, payments, you know, so there's a payment plan, you don't have to pay up front. Right. Um, and then I am actually working right now um, on developing a scholarship for those who are of lower income or have been hit um, a lot harder during the pandemic mm -hmm. uh, because I am also an artist and I'm looking to, um, I'm working on a lot of pieces right now to get them out and going um, so that it kind of um, creates a, a scholarship for those, especially in my community where I'm in Oakland and, and it's of, of, of a lower income, um, you know, community. Um, and so I, I try to do the best that I can if you just sure. ask for the help. Sure, sure. So what's the average length of time that uh, your clients may work with you? Um, it's usually a good six to eight weeks. Um, and then from there, other sessions can be added on if more is needed. It just really depends on your goals and where you're at and what you want to accomplish. So is that like once a week for that time? Um, it can be once a week, twice a month. Um, there at least once a month. Um, but it just depends on, um, you know, this, the, their schedule and, um, right. how, you know, often they would like to meet. Okay. But usually, you know, uh, every other week would be a good thing. Okay. So, um, I realize that every individual's needs and desires are different. Um, do you have some key identifiers when the sex is actually unhealthy? Yeah. So if you know you, uh, because they're right. So a lot of times maybe, you know, off and on, you might be able to orgasm. Maybe you can't, you know, and that's normal. Um, all of it is very normal, but if there's like an ongoing, so let's just say you are, um, a, uh, a male and maybe you're now something happened in your life. Um, maybe you have a new job. Um, something's going on there. Um, 
or maybe not, you don't know. But now all of a sudden you are experiencing issues with PE or ED. Um, and it's been kind of ongoing. It didn't just happen like, you know, a few times here and there. It's just something that's ongoing. Then that would be a sign to, you know, uh, maybe you should, you know, uh, address those concerns if it's been going already now for like three months ongoing um, and you would like to work on something like that, then that would be a sign. It, and it's the same thing for women, you know, if, if there's, you're not able to orgasm, there's too much tightness, maybe you've had a baby and, um, you know, you feel like you're, you're really loose, you know, and, and you don't know how to tighten your pelvic floor muscles. And it's been something that's been ongoing. Um, then, you know, again, then you can, you know, definitely reach out. Um, so, you know, pretty much if, if there's some, any kind of a concern that comes up to you that's been ongoing, that normally was not there, or something that has been ongoing for many, many years, like in my case, and I just didn't, there was not a connection to my trauma, you know, uh, for me. And so um, it wasn't until I went through the training that I started to um, go through these practices and start removing some of these blocks. And this was all done on an energetic level first because the energy body is superior to the physical body. So whatever you, you have to tackle it at a place of somatic healing, you know, using the energy body so that it will then heal on the, on the physical side of it. Um, and that's what happened in my own journey. So, um, and this was like, you know, 20 years, I went like a good 20 years struggling with, you know, the uh, inability to orgasm. And it was simply because of those three blocks that I mentioned, right? Not being educated about, um, you know, anatomy, not um, being able to stay present and focused in my own body, let alone how am I going to do that with a partner, you know? And, and so that for me, the trauma was for me at its core of, of, of being stuck in my genitals. And I didn't know anything about somatic healing, you know? And so until I did, I was able to then overcome those and Ooh, a lot, a lot of things have changed for me since then. <laughs> so on your website, there was a, so there were questions that, you know, um, that you thought people would ask and you just gave the answer to. And one of the questions was, do I have to get naked for a session? And it just struck me that if you're, if you're reaching out to someone to say, I have sexual issues that I want to resolve, um, a clear sign that you, you're having an issue is if you if your first question or one of your main questions is, do I have to get naked? That that barrier of, you know, my nakedness, I think, is one of the things that would have to be overcome in order for you to move forward with any kind of healing. And, and I may just be wrong. I'm not a sexologist. But so that's my question is, you know, isn't that one of the things being comfortable with your nakedness is probably, I would think, one of the top issues that you have to have in order to have a healthy sexual life, to, to feel the pleasure, to, to, to do the healing. Yes, exactly. 
um, you know, and, and no, you definitely do not have to be naked to see me. <laughs> There's no nudity involved. <laughs> um, you know, but that is a great question. Um, and, you know, um, that is definitely, you know, part of the healing process, you know, and so being able to be vulnerable in your own body and connecting with yourself so that you can get to the place of, of safety, of non-judgmentalness within yourself and your own body, if, if that's was a goal for you. Now, the other, the other thing that they could be asked, why they could be asking that also can be because there are um, a lot of um, bodywork practitioners that can be misleading. You know, and, um, you know, uh, like, for example, when you hear, you think of the word Tantra, I'm curious, what do you, what comes to your mind? Uh, to be honest with you, it, it does not strike anything. You say uh, Contra? Tantra? Tantra. 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 Yeah. Ah, that's something dealing with the mind and the imagination, I think. Holistic? Is it holistic kind of? A connotation. I, it, for me, I, I have to say it, it. You know, it doesn't strike anything it, except my curiosity. What What does it mean? Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to. You know, I was curious to see what you guys um, thought of that word. Um, a lot of times, people resonate the word tantra with uh, like sexual positions, and and that's it. You know, oh, you're okay. going to learn a lot about sex, and oh, okay. just it's about sex positions in it, or it's spiritual and you know um and that's it or spirituality with sex positions and so uh, some people might think that they have to get naked because they think it's that and it's not <laughs> um you know tantra in general is it is a spiritual path with teachings and instructions to realize enlightenment which is a form of yoga Mm -hmm. And in authentic Tantra, which is the modality that I teach, because there's a variety, a number of, of Tantras out there. The one that I teach is a holistic healing modality that's rooted in Tibetan um, Buddhist Tantra. And so it's um, working with the energy body with five elements, as opposed to seven elements that that most people are, they know more about the seven chakras than they do five, because um, that's just the type that's, that's been widely out there and shared. Um, and so this is about addressing um, the root cause of all suffering with the uses of, of practice and four different pillars, which is um, meditation, it's movement, it's connection, and it's pleasure. And so these four areas are used um, to address the root cause of whatever is um, the reason of what's calling the imbalance in your body. Um, and so it, it, it's wonderful. <laughs> well, I, I, I kind of, one of the, the first things that came to mind when I saw sexologist was um, um, surrogacy. Uh, so that question connected with sexology made me think of surrogacy, where 
you know, people bring a third person into the relationship and, um, and, and then they, they work together to work out whatever issues that they have. And that, that's what I thought the question, you know, that's what I thought of when I first um, put the sexology and the, the naked question together. Um, mm. And so, because I understand that there are different modalities dealing with sex and, and uh, the elimination of sexual barriers or um, emotional and trauma barriers to help people become whole as an individual. Um, and so does that, does it, that, does the modality that you're working in, um, it completely eliminate the sexual surrogacy aspect of sexual healing? Um, you know, it, it, it can be included. It's just, uh, not, um, it's not the core of it. Um, and so like, for example, the modality that I teach um, with regards to like, for example, meditation is your energy healing. That's what we use to learn how to stay present and focused and aware in our own bodies. Um, movement includes the use of somatic healing for the body and can be used for a variety of things. There's a lot of tightness in our pelvic floor and as you age, you become more tight in general, which can, can be contributing to um, issues and concerns that can arise, uh, you know, when it comes to sexual union. Um, there are uh, the connection. Connection is restorative, right? And so connecting us to our infinite self, that's what I'm saying. I'm take, you're, we're taking you back to, you know, your true authentic self, being safe in your own body being fully connected in your own body. Um, and then pleasure, which, you know, pleasure is used as medicine because this is our birthright. This is what bathes us in our ultimate truth, right? And and so we're taking all these uh, four pillars, four areas of concentration and using them uh, to heal whatever is in the way of you being able to access your full pleasure potential. Anything, Warren? Mm -hmm. No, I'm just trying to trying to get a full grasp of what she's saying. Um, I do think that um, it's a lot deeper than I imagined with with the um, chakras and all of that. I didn't know you were into that much of you know that type of thing. So when the people come in, when the clients come in, um, say you got a couple coming in. How long does it take for you generally to get a feeling uh, as to um, how deep the problem is and, and how much help you can uh, give them? Um, it, it's, um, it's not about how deep the problem is. It's about whether or not they are looking to really transform um, and really dive deep in, in connecting with themselves mm -hmm. and um, really understanding what their goals are and what they're, what they're searching for in return. So I, I set up a consultation where there's a form, an intake form filled out, so that when we have the consultation, 
we can go over and see what exactly are they looking for? Because this may not be for everybody, mm-hmm. you know? So um, there are certain questions that are asked that we are all on the same page and they know up front what this is going to be. Um, mm-hmm. Because yes, a lot of times I do get contacted and, and they think it's, um, sometimes people think this is a quick fix. I'm having, you know, uh, PE or ED and, I want to heal this like now and they want to just jump straight to the pleasure practices, you know, and this is a lot more than that. So in order to it, there are stages you have to go through. And so the stages are, and in this order, meditation, movement, connection, and then pleasure where pleasures in the end, because there's a process you have to set yourself up your body, mentally, physically, emotionally up for what's going to be coming, you know, in the end, right? And in the end is where the, you know, you you go through um, all these steps that can be challenging. And then in the end is the outcome is going to be your pleasure. So you do have to put some work into it. It is not um, a quick fix where you're going to come in with an issue and think that two two sessions down the road, you're going to be completely healed. Um, you know, and so it is a little bit more lengthier. Um, and you usually, um, you usually, it's not even just about healing the, the sexual energy that's there, but it's also about, it's, it's your whole, um, personal growth. So being, you're taking a lot of there's non-sexual practices and there's also sex, sexual practices. But you're taking a lot of the practices and you're using, I use these tools all the time in my regular daily life, especially the breathing, you know, and, and the type of breathing that you, um, I teach um, is, is different from um, a lot of the other breathings. And it's to focus in specifically to calm and relax your vagus system. I mean, I'm sorry, your nervous system. So addressing the vagus nerve. Mm-hmm. Um, and um and so, yeah, this is, um, it's a lot more deeper um, than what sometimes people think. So I, I definitely have you fill out that intake form and we meet so that we can make sure that this is something that you're looking for so, and what we're both on the same page and I can help you and, you know, things like that. Very good. Um, so for the people that are watching the video portion, they can see your uh, web address there. But for the people that are listening that aren't getting the video, can you give them uh, how to get how to connect with you? Yeah, sure. You can definitely. I have a website, and that is at Embodied Elements with a hyphen WP dot com. You can also just Google my name, Lucia Vasquez, and I should pop right up. My LinkedIn profile will pop up on the top there. And that's how I connected with you was on LinkedIn. And I must certainly certainly appreciate uh, you coming on the show. It has been a pleasure. Um, I wish we, I I try to keep it to 60 minutes. Other than that, I could keep you all day. Um, (laughs) So I'm going to give you the last word and then we're going to get out of here. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate, you know, appreciate um, this time, you know, today. And, um, you know, I want to uh, thank, you know, the listeners that are listening out there and just know that there is a way that you can accomplish and move forward and heal a lot of things that are getting in the way 
of you being able to access your full pleasure potential. Um, you know, feel free to re reach out and connect. And there is going to be a retreat in June the 10th. Tomorrow, uh, we will be back on the air. To that concludes this episode of Altitude Adjustment. And thank you for listening. This podcast is streamed live on YouTube and Twitch.tv and is designed for listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com forward slash home to join the discussion. The audio version of Altitude Adjustment is available where you get your podcasts, including Stitcher.com, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Remember that the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes of Altitude Adjustment because it matters. And as always, look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.